the Nerd or Not podcast is an irregularly aired show about games, movies, TV, comics, theme parks and anything else that floats our fandom. And now, here's your hosts, Jay, Bob, and Corey, the Creighton's Guild. Oh, the good old hockey game. Oh, the game's good. Nice. Have you played um, Super Blood Hockey yet on Steam? I have I? not because it's coming out on Switch and that looks oh, like Oh, okay. Have, Get it on uh, Switch. Portable. It's yeah. a Switch game. <laughs> that's a good shitter game, by the way. I oh, know yeah? we're not I know we're not talking about mobile stuff and technically that's not a mobile game, but if it is on the Switch then it you know, I guess literally I guess technically it is, but speaking in terms of I can't pl- I can't make a phone call on the device, so it's not you a You can't mobile. make a phone call on the Yes, that's a that's a good um a good, a good, good measuring stick, right? Uh, but the it's uh, portable. But the matches are very quick, and they are violent. It is super blood hockey, but it's a sport game that I can play, which means I don't know y'all. Hmm, y'all are y'all are pretty good with actual sports games, so it could go anywhere with you guys. It reminds me a lot of. Um, it looks like uh, Blades of Steel. Blades of Steel was that game where you have like one on one fisticuffs, right? Like if like if two players get a tie up, then all of a sudden it'll like zoom in or it'll it'll like cross yeah. cut to a zoom in of the two players, and all of a sudden it's like uh, um, it's like crippled Street Fighter one, where you have like punch punch, kick kick, and stuff. Yeah. This is like all of your fighting happens in real time. It is just it is just as active as the passing is. Oh, nice. Yeah, and every once in a while, uh, if certain conditions are met, all of a sudden everybody gets into like a big ass brawl, and then there's no hockey being played. It's all just fighting. Nice. But yeah, there was a super block. I don't know really how we got into that, but um. Well, I'm watching hockey while we're doing this. Well, you're talking. Yeah, you're talking about hockey, and I, oh, I just asked you if you're playing that shit. Yeah, when it comes out on Switch, do dare to try. Yeah, I definitely will. So, mm-hmm. hey guys, welcome to episode fifty-nine. Correct. Yay! Of the Nerd or Not podcast. Uh, I'm Jay. With me, as always, is Bob and Corey. Arithmetic. Indeed. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> I just it's it's more. Uh, hey, I'm over forty now, and I have no memory for what number I was on about ah, anything. Counting up. Yeah. It, yeah. It's <laughs> it's sitting here. I was going. Where it's. I know it's fifty something. Mm-hmm. No, it's fifty something. I think it's fifty seven, but I'm going to say fifty nine because I'm sure it's more than what I think it is. Seven is the age we're all going to be the next time we can uh, remember waking up. <laughs> Probably, and it's going to be horrible. We're going to be like, when did this happen? <laughs> so speaking speaking of waking up, mm-hmm. I had a dream last night. Before you go, go. It was a marvelous yeah. dream, and okay. the the problem with this dream is that it was so vivid that when I woke up from it, mm-hmm. I was honestly convinced that it had happened, and I was oh, so con- I was so confused that I uh-huh. couldn't find the thing. So uh-huh. last night I had a dream that uh, uh, the wife and I were out and we came back uh, from what we were doing. We, we pulled into our driveway and on our porch was a box the size of my car. And that's that like fit an on Amazon your box? Like, like, like an, yeah, like an Amazon box. Uh, but just stamped on the side was the word pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened the box in my dream and it's uh-huh. full of it's it's all it's all bow ties, right? But it's 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 a variety of the the small bow tie, uh, like the crispy ones and the big soft Ooh. motherfuckers. Oh, what, like, what, were there hard Bavarians in there too? There were. There oh, were it, my it was God. like every every kind of bow tie pretzel you could ever imagine was in there, like like a fucking the, the deliciousness of a soft Wetzel's great nice. crispy Bavarians. 
right? The, so uh, I have this dream and I open it up and I'm like, I have so many pretzels. <laughs> this I am the pretzel king. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> and then I go into the house and as I go into the house, it's when I wake up. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, God damn it. So I wake up and I'm like, oh, I got to go check on the pretzels. And I go out <laughs> to the living room and I'm like, I get out there. I was like, I didn't order four tons of pretzels. <laughs> I well, didn't. We have to establish your dominance as the pretzel king of Grand Rapids. Like, yeah. But it's just like, oh, god damn it. I really want a lot of pretzels now. Like, like <laughs> I don't want a pretzel. I want a lot of pretzels. You want all the pretzels. I do. And it was so disappointing to 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 wake up from a dream and be like, nope, sorry. You have was no it, pretzels. Was everybody, uh, was everybody home when you woke up? Oh, everyone was still asleep. Everyone was still asleep. All right, family, breakfast is canceled. We're going to Auntie Anne's. Get in the car. Get in the car right fucking now. This will not go unaddressed. So, yeah, dream pretzels. Dream pretzels are not as satisfying as regular pretzels. Dream pretzels. <laughs> so that's, so that's the dream I had. That's Ooh. the first dream I've had in a while, and boy, my mind decided to fuck Did with it. Did the uh, did this box include the uh, the ghetto west comforts of a hot Wawa's soft pretzel? I have not had a hot Wawa soft pretzel, so I they're uh, they're they're exactly what you expect out of a Wawa pretzel, but they are uh, they are consummate pocket comfort food. Something to grab on the way to work when you're just feeling like desperate and unimaginative. It's like oh shit, well it's right there next to the uh, next to the uh, donation box. Might as well. Is it in that little hot box they have on the countertop? It, it's in the hot right, box. The check, yeah. God yeah. damn it. That hot box saved my ass so many times. <laughs> like I'm yeah. hungry. Sure. I'll have yeah. a sandwich that's been in there for seven hours. <laughs> I'll take three sizzlies and a hash brown. And uh, what what is that? A cookie? Yeah. Give me the cookie. A cookie. That's always. No, a good day for me is a uh, good day for me is uh, crackers and cheese. You know, that's like a normal day. Mm-hmm. But a good day for me is plus the cookie. Nice. <laughs> I, I I do I do very much miss Wawa. We do not have Wawas up here. We got Bigby, um, but we have Bigby and we have Meyer, so we kind we of you got Meyer. I think that's more than an yeah, than a fair enough trade off. Shit, what the hell is happening this week besides sad things? I don't want to talk about sad things. There's uh, Endgame uh, is out tonight. Endgame which, is t- tonight. Yeah, it, it opens tonight. Oh God, I'm gonna have to like fucking pour cement into my ear canals for tomorrow. I have tickets for I'm tomorrow still, morning. I'm still invested. I'm still invested. I'm not going to be able to see it for at least a week because this week I don't want to get caught up on Shazam and us. If that's still in the theaters. Um, I, don't know if us is. I know Shazam still is. Shazam still is. All right. And there's, there was a third thing that came out. Was it Hellboy? Because yeah. woo, that Rotten Tomatoes score is impressive. What's it at? It's at like 13. Woo. It was yeah. 31 last time I looked. Holy crap. 31. Check it out. It might, could, I could be I could be tallying from the user side or from the review side. I don't know, but I haven't seen a genre movie tank that badly in a long fucking time, and it's no wonder that that uh, movie slipped under my radar. Because I th- I was like looking at it, I'm like, all right, when's the trailer? When's the uh, when's the uh, sizzle trailer dropping? Oh, it came out a week ago. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I, I I know uh, a lot of people who have seen it, um, and have just told me like, look, no, just. Don't. It's so bad. You still have the first two. You you still have the two Tad Stone's animated movies. Mm -hmm. Those are all great. Stick with them. I will say this. There's been a a number of movies where the critics absolutely freaking hate a movie, but the the audience are either impartial or love it. And that's kind of what's going on here. Uh, 14 by critics, 61 by audience score. 
can we name any recent examples where the audience score has held merit? Alita. Alita. Oh, that's that's right. Well, the critics were they were kind of lukewarm on the whole thing. And the uh, the user side reviews were like ridiculously imbalanced. Like like I think it's I think it hovers at like around 90, doesn't it? After I saw it, I was like, I fuck what everybody else said. I love this movie. Yeah, I mean, the critical smash isn't going to be accurate 100 percent of the time. But that's that's academic, you know. But when it's something that low and uh, both columns are kind of like uh, are kind of like um, undercutting, if they're uniformly shitty, then that's a pretty good indicator of what you're going to be in for. So Hellboy was a bomb, but Endgame is going to be uh, is going to be the big ticket this weekend. I think and they're going to make their money back. You think so? They, I, I think they already have. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, they're projecting like 850 million opening weekend worldwide. Yeah. So yeah, they're 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 gonna be fine. Like, All right. <laughs> well, everybody wants to see the uh, see the human eggplant get his just desserts. I guess that's what the country's down for. More Endgame. I am about just a matter of hours away from seeing it, so I cannot spoil anything. But I can say this one thing that I really wish a lot of people, or not a lot of people, but I wish this kind of information would go out when I go to see a movie if it has post credit scenes or not. Mm-hmm. And I do know that Endgame does not have a post-credit scene or mid-credit scene, but it does have something after all the credits. And it's not a scene, but it is a thing. It's it's Howard the Duck. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, speaking of comebacks, holy shit, I'm just going to throw this out here. Uh, Animaniacs. Yeah, 2020? So any so so we all saw this, right? It wasn't a ma- yeah. it wasn't a hallucination. Don't no, like I saw, make I saw of the poster. That's a weird one, and I'm I'm not even like at mixed feelings about it because because by and large, modern animation and and we talked about this before, almost ad nauseum, is pretty darn consistent. Um, but the other reason is that uh, old Animaniacs stuff, like there's a pretty fair cross section of of material that has not aged uh, a whole lot uh, that hasn't aged very well. Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm pretty much looking forward to it as long as it means i don't get any fucking chicken boo then then i'm I, happy I chicken boo. give me the give me the give me the yard bird in disguise yard bird in disguise come on <laughs> i like chicken right, boo. It was, it was absurdity and uh and, and and it was it could be taken at face value katie kaboom was misery yeah but they, only, they only had like five katie kaboom uh bits throughout the entire throughout the show's entire run so you can let that you can let that dead dog lie out in the backyard for all I care. I'm I'm okay if they do like a good feathers feathers like one. Uh huh. Yeah. Because that 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 runs its runs its course real fucking fast. Yeah, yeah that, that joke does get old. <laughs> what about uh, Minerva? Minerva was the mink, right? Yeah. I don't remember a whole lot of her shit. I don't remember those at all. They pushed the 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 PG sexual content as far as they possibly could. It was it was kind of like a revival of the old Tex Avery uh, Wolf and Red. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, Minerva, I, I don't remember a whole lot of them, so I couldn't really speak to that. One I can probably not do without. I mean, one I can probably do without. Sorry, that's a complete that's a complete opposite of what I just fucking said. Uh, we're the two hippos. I don't even remember their names. Oh, the hippos were terrible. The the, the fucking romance hippos. I don't yeah. remember these. They sucked. I've seen one or two. Well, they were wealthy hippos, and I, I can't remember what they were called. 
And I've seen one or two decent ones with them in it, but it was the same sort of like rote running joke over and over again. Yeah. Um, and pretty much like probably the same reason you hate Chicken Boo so much because like Chicken Boo has its setup. The setup is the same every time. That chicken is that person's actually a giant chicken. And then they everyone discovers that it is a giant chicken at the end. And there's not really a whole lot of a deviation or complexity beyond all that. I don't know. Maybe like when I was watching these, I was licking batteries or some shit. <laughs> and, and the humor really appealed to me in that debilitated psychological state. Who can say? Um, oh, good idea. Bad idea. I want to see more I like of those. those. Good, good idea. idea bad bad idea. idea. Definitely wheel of morality. Yeah. Wheel of morality. Uh, and the one that I hope that I am looking forward to the most seeing make a return Slappy Squirrel. Slappy's fucking brilliant. And Slappy yeah. Squirrel, I haven't seen a single one of her old ones that have not aged badly. No, they're all they're all great. Yes. Yeah. So she's I'm, my girl, and I'm waiting for. Her. I'm real interested to see what they do. You know, it'd be fun if they did Slappy, where she's just older and angrier, <laughs> and like and like the the kid is is more grown up and is now yeah. dealing with the shit that she dealt with. Yeah, and he's all jaded and stuff, and yeah. she's like. She's like <laughs> He's like close to a mobile, but still knows how to pack the showbiz punch. Like really close to unplugging that machine. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only thing that's kind of sad about all this is that like one of the things this was during like my obsessive animation phase, uh, it, w- when I used to like get out the index cards and uh, and go through the uh, go through the recorded episodes and trace or not trace but eyeball each frame. Um, I always used to check out or look out for the different uh, in-betweeners and all the credits. So they're probably going to bring TMS back because TMS still, you know, is in the business. But Star Tunes is since uh, packed up. And that happened in like the late 90s. I loved watching Star Tunes animation. Um, Rough Draft Korea, they're still in business because they do American Dad and Family Guy and stuff. Acom sucked. Fuck them. I'm glad they closed down. And... Uh, I don't know who the hell else might still be around, but these were all like, th- that was when like hand-drawn in-betweens were a big cottage industry for afternoon animation. So it's going to be kind of a, kind of a loss to not see those names in the credits anymore. I'm, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm interested because, you know, my, my side of it comes from the acting side. So I'm interested to see who they get for the voice cast. Yeah. Um, because, bad. well, he has to be. Yeah. Like, he, it, sound, he, he literally sounds the fucking same. Yeah. He, he, it's cause it's his voice. Yeah, it's just, it's just him talking. It's it's not it's not acting at all. It's yeah, it's um, all voices. So I'm I'm interested in that. I'm interested to see if they have any picky in the brain stuff on there. Um, which well, obviously we know that you know Lamar still sounds like brain. Yeah, well, you saw the PMJ video, right? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. they did their um, bit like, right there, and that was this year. <laughs> but I, I I really hope that we see a uh, th- this not not necessarily for the show, but. This leads to a Freakazoid relaunch. Oh, that'd be lovely. Now, that show died way too soon. Uh, it, it, it did. Um, this is, but this is going to be a Hulu exclusive, so one can assume that it's going to be a series and not like a one-off movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. That, I mean, that was a hell of a surprise to come across. Uh, anyway, you know, fucking backwards trips into nostalgia. As always, <laughs> this is what we do. Um Speaking of fucking nostalgia, one of the things I wanted to know about, and this kind of ties into Endgame, because one of the things that I was fascinated by with Infinity War and the development of like Thanos, not as just a character, but in terms of like the uh, makeup and special effects technology, was how much of Thanos in Infinity War was practical effects and how much of it was CGI. Sure. And I forget, it was like a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to one 
or the other, or maybe even both of you about the times that like Hollywood or movie, movie technology kind of like, kind of like jumped itself when it came to practical creature effects and stuff like that. They went above and beyond. Above and beyond. Yeah. And the first, the first thing that I think about when I think, when I look at Thanos was like, um, was uh, Davy Jones from the second Pirates movie. Well, any Pirates movie that he was in, because I thought that most of that was just like really good goddamn articulated um, prosthetic makeup. And it turns out that uh, that most of the affair was like uh, was like CGI. It was just really well done CGI, and that kind of like dashed all my uh, all my expectations about it. But that's um, how good CGI has gotten. I mean, Bill Nye was on the the ship wearing like a gray suit with lines on it and dots all over his face. Yeah, that's how good the CGI in that movie was. Because we've seen movies since then that were kind of eh. <laughs> yeah, tons of eh. and I have never seen digital makeup as good as that movie since then, which is weird because that movie's easily 12 years old. If, mm-hmm. uh, if a day. So, but like you know, thinking in, uh, thinking in like terms of practical effects, the older shit, the heyday was like the eighties, mm-hmm. maybe the, maybe the early nineties with a little bit of, uh, with a little bit of easements, depending on the director, you see some of it today. Yeah. But ILM and Henson were like taking the, uh, we're like, uh, we're like heading the charge of a lot of, <laughs> they were the kingpins. Yeah. So when I think of that, and I was talking to you, I think one of the first things I think of after Davy Jones is fucking Return to Oz, yeah, and mm-hmm. seeing seeing how much like painstaking artisanship went into creating the puppets for that, especially Jack Pumpkinhead, which I didn't know at the time. That shit was literally a marionette. They had like this entire overhead rig constructed, and um, every single one of uh, Pumpkinhead's limbs were attached by uh, uh, by um, by Invisiwire to uh, to a, a, a ligature or whatever, and you should have seen what this thing—it it was nuts. It was like it was like two iron octopuses welded together at the beak, and everything, like all of their tendrils, were just supports for the invisible threads that were controlling this absolutely ridiculous-looking life-size puppet. And in addition to that, in addition to all that, like. The, the me- mechanical like um uh, spaghetti they work phonemes into his into his uh into his head it's like fuck me who designed this <laughs> and what dark magic tome did he get this knowledge from like i thought the dark hold was fictional this guy clearly had a hold of it now is that the movie that henson henson henson's creature shop uh, handled the bulk of that shit uh, if not the entirety of it right did did they work on it but they were Used to work on any future projects because of no, I'm thinking of a different. I'm thinking of Ninja Turtles, where uh, they were unha- unsatisfied with how uh, non kin friendly uh, Ninja Turtles ended up being with, with their own work or with well, the, how the director was viewing their work, how their product was used for this movie, which they thought was going to be like 100% kid friendly. But the, there was controversy at the time because of the violence and the language and everything. It's like, Oh, this isn't a hundred percent kid friendly. And, and uh, I don't know if it was Henson himself or the Henson company just said, you know, we're not doing, we don't want anything to do with the sequels. You know, um, I was uh, thinking about the offer to return <laughs> the, to return to the next uh, two movies as a franchise deal. And I just want to say that you guys can go fuck yourselves. And um, well, here, let talk to, uh, talk to my, uh, talk to my representative here. Hang on a second. Kermit the frog here. You can go fuck yourselves because it's really just Jim Henson. 
Was that did I just get fired by Ernie? <laughs> hey Bert, what do you think of this guy? <laughs> <laughs> that was um Oz was kind of like the uh the vocal talent bulwark in that arrangement, wasn't he? Because uh, yeah. you could tell when Henson was doing a character. But then you could tell when Oz was like trying to fill in for Henson or when Oz was being Oz. And later on when Brian Henson was doing a voice like, oh, that's Brian. That's Brian, yeah. Because if, if Henson wasn't too far removed from his natural voice in doing these characters, then somebody who is naturally removed from that voice in doing these characters is going to be a pretty easy tell. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I didn't know he did Turtles, though. That's yeah, he a, did. Uh, the, Henson, the Henson Creature Shop did the, uh, the faces. That would explain why they were so articulate. I mean, it was impressive work. I just kind of thought it was somebody else. Like, I that think maybe even like Will Vinton Studios, even though they didn't do uh, automatic puppets for the most part. Now, the in in Willow, Willa, do mm-hmm. you remember the like the weird two headed dragon thing that had like the nutsack on top of its head? <laughs> yeah, Ew, yeah. Was yeah. that a puppet or was that just stop motion? Yeah, that stop was motion. for the most part stop motion. Yeah, okay. yeah. And that was that was Harryhausen, I believe. That's why it looked kind of primordial, even for the uh, <sighs> age in which it was released. Willow. Harryhausen was working well into the eighties. Into his eighties, that was a Lucas joint. I mean, it was it was Lucas. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I I'm not saying that it was definitely Harryhausen. Like I knew Harryhausen worked on the uh, that Harry Hamlin, Jason in the Argonauts movie. So he was still sure. busy um, and they could have just drafted him kind of like how Disney drafted Richard Williams to handle the animation on Roger Rabbit. Um, but whenever people think about like stop motion animation, large creatures and fantasy epics. Harryhausen was like the go to guy. And I know sure. that he he still had his hands in a bunch of projects at the time. Uh, then again, it could have just been ILM doing their thing. That was an ugly ass monster, though. Thanks for reminding me of that mess. Yeah, that thing was nasty. Yeah. Um, (laughs) At least it was shaved. I don't know. (laughs) Didn't one of them blow up? I'm still (laughs) still kind of kind of flummoxed (laughs) by. uh, I mean, you know, with me, movies pretty much immediately go to Star Wars. You know, that's. Right. The big mm. thing for me, but cool. You got a lot to choose from there. It, it's it's Indeed. Jabba though. Like, Jabba for, was an insane undertaking. Yeah, Jabba it was it was like seven people manning that puppet. Uh huh. Which is crazy. It's just like one tongue guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you working today? The tail. <laughs> oh, sorry, guy. I just had a show last night. <laughs> and I shared it with these other four guys. We're in. <laughs> we're trapped in this like vinyl prison for the next 15 hours <laughs> um we live in this foam rubber slug this is all we are oh See can that, you imagine that, how that thing smelled after a day of shooting yes how, <laughs> that was that was probably the dose of reality that the actors needed in order to get into that scene though <laughs> you know, probably really smelled like this chilly getting pulled close oh god i'm gonna puke chili decaying rubber and body odor <laughs> Also farts. <laughs> How big did the creatures get? Well, no, there's there there had to have been some other like um see Star Wars has like a bevy of uh of a practical effects creatures to choose mm-hmm. from, like you talk and and they were like the uh, they were like the single performer um uh creature setups that must have been like insane. Like the the ranker guard, the guy oh, with the the guy that wasn't a pig but absolutely was a pig. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, Malakili. Malakili, thank you. Um Jesus H the uh, the Mos Eisley Cantina scene alone, uh, but a lot of that wasn't a lot of that wasn't puppetry. It was just 
masks and you know old doctor who costumes. yeah but articulated masks and shit um so throwing this out there by the way as an aside um every single time there is a tick live action show are you absolutely like just fucking bogged by how they're able to work the uh practical antenna on uh, on those costumes yes because I had a theory about the Patrick Warburton costume, and that was that there was like a couple of servos. You notice how he like walked with a slight hunch? Yeah. And they didn't shoot him from the back a lot in that in that show. I think there was like a there were like micro servers worked into the uh, the back part of the carapace on the costume because you can see where the seams are, um, being that is like supposed to look like a single a single body uh, outfit, but the sleeves come on separately and the torso bit is separate, and you can see where there's like a um, they kind of like plaster over the uh the panty line a little bit mm-hmm. um but the suit that they've used in the tick especially this one the this latest season is almost seamless and there is absolutely no uh there's no like suspicious hunchery or posture or anything going on with it and yet the antennas are still practical it's probably gotten to the technology these days is probably where they just have rf uh, feeding to the antenna. Okay, do this. Go up and down and do whatever. It's like Bluetooth antenna. <laughs> it's like Bluetooth antenna antenna. Mm-hmm. I, and the irony I'm, of the name's not lost in me either. That's pretty cute. I know. It's like mind-blowing every time. I want to know how much like technology is like uh, pioneered just for this idiot's antenna. <laughs> so, so, so they can put in like a cute little visual gag here and there, you know? That show's anyway. so goddamn good. This 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 season has been pretty stellar. Yeah, and I'm glad uh, I'm glad they got a full episode order too. L- Lobster Killies made me laugh my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gotten to a five yet? No, I'm only, I've only watched first two episodes. So I can't I'm, talk. I'm about trying it. to slow roll it. You can't know, right? talk about it. All right, it's e- it's a nice, easily digestible uh, half hour per like Ash versus the Evil Dead. So uh, you'll you'll be through it before you know it, which is unfortunate. That's another one I need to check out. Okay, now let, let's let's talk Evil Dead. Uh-huh. Were the, the were the Deadites stop motion? Uh, some of the deadites were stop motion and it was a little ropey at times. Okay. Um, so that's, that's not one that I would use uh, as a stellar example of stop motion technology, but the makeup was pretty, uh, pretty solid most of the time. Sure. Yeah. They, there was a pretty, especially in Ash versus the evil dead. There was a really good combination of stop motion puppetry and uh, makeup. And CGI. Oh, it was, Oh, that was, that thing was like a perfect marriage of all of the special effects, makeup technologies th- thus far. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler because this ghost, this monster is in the thumbnail that you see for the show on Netflix. But, um, uh, but uh, uh, Theodora does come back, you know, the big baddie from evil dead too. Mm-hmm. And she looks so way so much better than uh, she did in evil dead too. And it was exactly that combination of stop motion, combination of makeup and a combination of CG fucking fantastic scene too. And it was thoroughly disgusting. It was just absolutely disgusting as it should be. As it fucking should be, yes. <laughs> uh, while we're talking about um, stop motion, uh, mm-hmm. w- one of the particular uh, characters that just blew me away, especially when I watched a documentary just on this one character, mm-hmm. was the skeleton puppet that they use for Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh my god, yes. This thing was the largest stop motion puppet ever created at 16 feet tall. Yeah, and they should. Did you? Well, yeah, you said you just saw a documentary on it, but they actually have footage of it in the credits. Yeah, and I didn't quite know what I was looking at when I was watching the movie itself. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good forced perspective," because that's the first thing you're going to think of. Most most animated like a uh, maquette style uh, puppets are about one and a half feet tall. 
so that they can work with a variety of scales. It, it yeah. really depends on the production. It does depend on the production. Like if it was like a Will, a Will Vinton commercial production, especially with the claymation shit, then it's going to be a bit more miniature. But for the most part, in order to be able to pack that much detail into the surrounding uh, environments and uh, scenes, they have to be, well, they don't have to be, but they ought to be around that scale. So I was like, okay, they maybe put together like a three foot tall puppet for this. And then they shot it like, uh, like how they shot uh, Gimli and the Lord of the Rings movies, right? No, this thing was just a giant ass puppet <laughs> and it was on a scaffolding. That was nuts. You should watch a uh, documentary on um, Isle of Dogs because the stop motion puppets in that are about this tall. Really? But the pieces no are so finely, uh, finely tuned and defined that they have to get right in top of the characters. But yeah, they're, they're really small. I can only think that a lot of people walked away from that production with severe carpal tunnel. <laughs> Damn. I got to get this dog to grin just right. Hand me the precision screwdriver. Hand me the fucking sewing needle. <laughs> We're the tweezers. Yes. Give me the tweezers. Um, yeah. That's, I, I just, um, if you've seen any of the behind the scenes stuff on like the uh, typical Selleck uh, production, and I think uh, Henry Selleck, who did um, Nightmare and James and the Giant Peach and that stuff. Uh, also, not coincidentally, the uh, stop motion on Return to Oz. Um, if you ever see the productions that he gets involved in, it sticks to that that manner of scale. And I'm kind of assuming that via the fact that the first Leica movie was directed by Henry Selleck, that they more or less just took over production conditions after him or standards after him. But Isle of Dogs wasn't Leica, was it? That was something else. That was Wes Anderson's yeah. uh, stop motion uh, shop. If he does even have his own uh, his own workshop, I don't know. He probably should at this point. <laughs> don't need to watch that movie. Um, so okay. Um, in uh, in terms of like um, equally as uh, intricate stop motion stuff, I guess we kind of just got off of special effects. Like how about Slimer? You know? Slimer. Oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about Ghostbusters for a second, but I'm going to write the words Scooby Doo to Monster Mayhem right now. <laughs> because I'm going to put myself on the martyr's cross for that one. But Ghostbusters, yes. Uh, the costume involved, uh, the costume needed for the Marshmallow Man scenes, definitely. The city that they had to build around it, yeah. which had to be too scale to the costume itself, which must have been a bitch to measure out. Like, absolutely. Um, and yeah, uh, that thing was that was the thing was just like a, was just a powerhouse of, a, of spook makeup and such. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, how about uh, an older one, like one of my favorite uh, miniseries, The Storyteller, had uh, just a number of great Henson puppets in it. But the one that always blows me away, even to this day, and I watched it last night just as a refresher, mm-hmm. were the little devils from The Soldier and Death. I've Those... still not seen this. <laughs> oh. None of The Storyteller. I know what you're talking about, and I've been wanting to see it since back in the day, but my fucking parents wouldn't let me. The, the puppets are about... Four feet tall, maybe less than uh, that. Yeah. And their heads are about the size of a softball. Okay. But their eyes, their eyebrows, their noses, their mouths are so articulate and so mobile. It's shocking. And it's not like they force perspective in any way because they have the main actor standing there and a, like one of the devils is over his shoulder talking to him and he, you just see him like enunciate all the words. It's like, wow. That's- how, big, how big are they? Oh, they're not very big, and they're very, very skinny. They're probably three three to four feet. 
three to four oh. feet tall. So they're about the size of a, of a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, but they're um, they're pretty skinny, like as skinny as the width of my my uh, wrist. Not skinny enough for somebody to you know shunt their forearms back up into. I can guarantee these are not ventriloquist dummies. No, what what I'm saying is that like the mechanics would be able to fit within the whatever space is allotted in their head uh, their head uh, um, structure. It's Henson. It's so that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen? Okay. Um. I don't know if uh, you ever got treated to one of these, but uh, my mom took me to a ventriloquist show like way back in the day. Um. I don't. I I forget what the guy's name was. His last name was Nelson. Uh. But it was the two ventriloquist puppets that appeared in the old Nestle commercials. There was a dog. And yes, the yes. That's the bitch. Nestle's makes the very best chocolate. That asshole. And he was doing puppet shows in Fort Myers because the well ran dry. And so we got to see him live. And here's the cool thing. Um, he got, he let people take a look at how the puppets worked. He didn't kayfabe it up or anything. Like after That's the show, really cool. If you wanted, yeah. If you wanted to get a look at the, uh, at the, um, at the, the cross section of what made his eyebrows jump and what, you know, caused his eyes to move back and forth. You got to look. It's like, um, it's like somebody packed half, of a keyboard piano into that little skull shaped space. And the dude easily could have been like a, a gypsy jazz guitarist with the amount of dexterity that it took in order for everything to work. But suppose you have like people working on a much higher professional level. You would have had those people working at the Henson shop. That's probably how, or at least the, uh, the scale of detail that they were trying to involve in with those puppets. Mm. What it looked like is exactly what it was. Uh, how about Falcor? See, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I don't, I've never seen Falcor in um, in a production scale. Dude, that thing is. Oh wow! Why, thank you. But I'm talking about the puppet here. Um, and they had like several of them. That was that thing, and that was the that was a lovely waltz through the '80s, which tends to happen in this. <laughs> fucking. So, so you, you wanted to talk about Scooby Doo too. I, yes, thank you. Scooby-Doo 2, that was it. Um, because people bag on that shit. And the last time I saw people bagging on Scooby-Doo 2, it was for the sake of another movie that a lot of people didn't like, which was the uh, the recent Ghostbusters thing. Um, and that was like a lot of that was CG, uh, CG effects and stuff. And they were pretty, it was pretty, it was pretty basically implemented. And I'm not going to harsh on it for that. But I absolutely love how Gunn, came about to uh, visualizing the monsters in Scooby-Doo because they were for the most part, practical effects. It was like, it was, you know, it was actors Mm -hmm. fitted out with prosthetic costumery, but CGI was only used to embellish the, to to like add the glow and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The vapors, the, uh, um, I think, uh, I think a little bit of CG, like uh, a cage work was used to like a, uh, do some expressions on like the black Knight uh, costume and shit, but people like underwrite the crap out of that movie to be, uh, I mean, they underwrite the crap out of those movies from go because they're Scooby-Doo and, you know, corporately mandated. Uh, they're very cinema. enjoyable movies. The first one, see the first one, I it's good. The first one's all right, but I don't know what happened with the second one. That, be, that, that, that makes it like just miles better to me. I don't know why, because the premise is way simpler. Um, and it's like much less postmodern, which is probably why I like it more. I don't know. Like the bit at the end of the first one was Scrappy Doo. It was kind of cute. And then he turns into like a brute and it's like, ah, this just became every other uh, genre movie that's uh, been out this year. Um, 
but probably uh, contributing to uh, contributing to my feelings for that movie were were the were, were the uh, spe- were the special effects uh, makeup tech that was involved and how like how like parallel it was to what existed at the time and um, how much he didn't lean on CGI as a crutch mm-hmm. in order to get the, in order to get the job done. That was a really cool presentation. Um, and that's all, that's all I had to say about Scooby Doo Two. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it right, was so, neat and good. Go watch. So what what is uh, what is everyone's favorite like proper Muppet? Like what, what's your what, oh, what like which Muppet. one blows your mind? Which one blows my mind, or which ones are my favorites? Uh, one of each. One of each. Yeah. All right. Um, you go ahead and lead this dance. Okay. Because I got a I got a couple to pick from. So so the one the one to me the the Muppet that I just I can't really wrap my head around, and mm-hmm. it's it, it I, I need to to give a caveat here because it's 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 a normal Muppet, but there's a level in the film that just I I'm kind of like holy fuck. There's like an intricacy um, to it that's tough to tough to consider. There's still movie magic there that I'm not getting, and I don't particularly want to get because uh-huh. I don't want to ruin it. You don't want to destroy it for yourself. It, right. Yeah. Um, do you remember in I want to say the Muppets Take Manhattan when Kermit and Piggy are in Central Park and they ride the bike? Oh yeah. wow! And they yeah. zoom out, and it's just Kermit the Frog riding a bike. Yeah that blew my mind and still yeah. does. Like I st- I look at it. And I'm just like, that's perfect. That's the best special <laughs> effect in the history of cinema. They made a puppet come to life. It's yeah. It's, but it's, but I remember his gangly ass legs, like barely touching the pedals also. Yep. And it's like, there's something very awkward and unearthly about this. And I'm oh, not yeah. quite sure I want to confront what that is. Um, and I just remembered the thing that I wanted to bring up also before the Muppets uh, was Alf because oh, of yeah. the, uh, because of the trivia involved with Alf and how much, that asshole of an executive producer put his stage crew or his stage staff and actors and actors through in order to see, this was the effect that he wanted to get across with, uh, with Alf. It wasn't enough that he was producing a sitcom with a laugh track. He wanted to make the illusion seem as real as it could to the studio audience themselves. Unfortunately, in order to get this, in order to get this effect across, they took like 20 minute breaks between every scene that had to be shot. And this was between repeated takes. And this was, if there was a, if there was a full body shot uh, involved, uh, the actors, they normally had to like stuff into that diminutive costume. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that uh, after uh, Alf was canceled union, uh, union standards were uh, beefed up considerably because because Paul Fusco got away with a lot of shit on that show. And for the most part, the kids were uh, the kids were all about it, but that's why it got canceled early because uh, a the ratings were the ratings dipped just enough in order for the people fi- financially backing that show in order to in order for them to say, all right, we're done. You guys are free. Go, <laughs> go and uh, go and grow your careers. Didn't from- one of the lead actors in that show just immediately left from the set to his car and just drove off without? It, without having to do a second take. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the actors involved with that show were fucking done. Wow. <laughs> they, they could not stand being on that show. It was not well, that because like, the puppet was getting more fan mail than they were. The puppet was getting more <laughs> fan mail than they were. Who by proxy was Paul Fusco because he did the voice for Alf. Um, 
uh, Fusco was like a, a near tyrant on that uh, on that production. Everything had to be like I mean Kubrick levels of perfection. Really? And yeah, it, and and from all accounts, I think God, I want to say that there is like a micro documentary that you can look up on YouTube about this. But everything involved with that show after like uh, the, the the first half of the first season was just volcanic, volcanic fecal storm. And in, in, uh, in all the ways that count. Um, but yeah, that would be, that would be, I'd say impressive because of what the people who had to get that production, who had to get that job done, what they were given to work with and how much they bent over backwards in order to make it happen for this fucking like f- fart biting maniac. That was their boss. <laughs> There's uh, a, th- there's a pretty great marionette in uh, the Doom Patrol show that's out on DC Universe right now. Oh, shut um, up! Really? Yeah, it's uh, there, there's a scene where they they're looking for the chief who is played by um, shit. Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to say James Bond, but it's not James Bond. It is James uh, Bond. It is, but it's but it's not. You but know, it's not. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if he doesn't just say no the entire film, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> like, um, is that James Bond? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> A tool for dinner. No. <laughs> um, How do you talk like that? I had a stroke. <laughs> um, uh, I love that line. So, so they're they're looking for Chief, and uh, you know it's Doom Patrol, so it's all kinds of weird shit going on at all times. Right. And uh, one of the things they do is they they go to this kind of pocket dimension uh, that Mister Nobody has set up, mm-hmm. and they uh, oh no no this is when they go to Argentina, and they're looking for the chief. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot of shit that happens in that show. Um, they're looking it's for the chief. Reality that is called Argentina. <laughs> they're looking for the chief, and uh, they think he's going to be there, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they end up finding a marionette that is dressed as the chief. Yeah, yeah. And they, they steal it and bring it back, so they have a chief mm-hmm. uh, on hand. Of course, this is also after the Nazi puppet play. Um there, like I said, there's a lot happening in that show. There's a ton of mixed media in this uh, show. It sounds oh, yes. Like. Yeah. yeah. And th- this is after the donkey farts. Yep. And they get, they get swallowed by the donkey. This sounds like a, this sounds like a more PG rated version of Ash versus the evil dead. The more you uh, describe it to me. Oh, it's very much R. Oh, it's it R. A, it's a hard R. So I, okay. Now I'm wondering like how much of Ash versus the evil dead's staff went over to this show. <laughs> That's all that show was like when you think about the evil dead stuff, you know what you're getting into is like deadites gore and a little bit of like three stooges. This show like had all that, but a dump truck of more. It was extra of, it was extra as fuck. Uh, Bring in the weird. Yeah. That's the, that's the best way to describe doom patrol. What is doom patrol? It's extra as fuck. Yeah. Okay. Like I really really need to be watching this. uh, And, and uh, robot man's goddamn incredible. Well, better like, be. If we're talking about practical effects and practical costuming, that's unbelievable. Really? Like, just one of the best suits I've ever seen in comics or in, in, in a show. Let's see um, that. Ooh. And Brandon Fraser is fucking great as, as Robot Man. Uh, let, let's take a detour through Mort's because that made me think about the worst makeup that you've ever seen. And we could keep this short because I know we got to get back to the Muppets. Sure. Um, and uh, both Fantastic Fours are out of the contention or out of contention because that's obvious yeah um but uh the worst uh, the worst shit that you've seen on screen 
The bigger the budget, the better the pick, by the way. Um, Practical puppet, worst effect. Worst effect ever. Uh, how about um, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy with like the fake vines you can buy at Michael's for Christmas wrapped around her arms? <laughs> that one was piss fucking poor. Yes, like, like at least with with uh, with, with, with uh, uh, Mr. Freeze, they put a little bit of effort into it. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, like I, I don't know. I'd say a, a lot of Mister Freeze. I mean, the design is ugly as balls, but uh, with with the intricacy of it, especially when you look at the uh, 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 the 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 skin or oh God, the thin layer makeup that they had to put around his face, mm -hmm. that was all appliance. I, I guess they wanted to get across the fact that he was like made out of, like literally made out of ice, which is a little silly because he just looked like he dipped his skull in gack. But <laughs> you can tell the makeup uh, budget ran out after Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, okay, now we got to do Irma Thurman. That's, oh, that's what I was trying to get to. Yes. Yeah. So that's like, that's, that's like when they, when they did Bane, they just painted some white or some green lines on his arms. Okay. Like, <laughs> no. Like, and Bane should have been so easy to pull off. Luchador mask, uh, a wrestler. That's couple it. Poses. Yep. That's all you needed. Shit, uh, they could have gotten somebody from Lucha Libre to do Bane. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler, what is Tyler main is saber tooth is a pretty sad deal too. Yes. Yeah. Pretty terrible. That's a good pick because a lot of support went, uh, went into the, uh, X-Men productions. Yeah. And then, and then you get to, uh, origins Wolverine, mm -hmm. which was awful, mm -hmm. but leave Schreiber is saber tooth is fucking great. Yeah. I know, man. That was, he was so good. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a, that was such a fucking a lot of that was a lot of that was promise withheld, you know. Mm -hmm. So unfair that movie. Yeah. Oh wow, is uh, is Flex Mentallo actually within uh, modern day Doom Patrol continuity? Uh huh. That's pretty funny. He was part of the Doom Patrol apparently when he was well, first introduced. He was parenthetically part of Doom Patrol lore when Morrison was writing Doom Patrol. Sure. That's why he got his own book afterwards, which turned out to be something completely different. Um. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't have read Doom Patrol if it wasn't for Flex Mentello. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at like a Mike Allred or something here, and he's just like right there, standing right behind Cliff Steele. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, damn, they really did do the job with the makeup on that. Dude, that, that Doom Patrol is so like I liked Titans. I like uh -huh. Titans a lot. Titans was a uh, Titans was was kind of surprising because uh -huh. because it as well is a hard R. Yeah, like it's it's like oh shit, okay. There's some that there's and, the, some, and the and the advanced solicitations left a lot to be desired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 fuck Batman line sucked. That uh, left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths because it was just like oh so edgy for you. But the show itself is really good. Yeah, and I just uh, posted a money shot into uh, voice chat room for uh, for your viewing enjoyment. Um, the, the Titans was really good. Doom Patrol, uh -huh. yeah, that's <laughs> uh, Doom Patrol is like a hundred times better than Titans is. <clears throat> yeah, and it's it's no coincidence that the best episode of the of the the first series, the first season mm -hmm. of Titans, is the Doom Patrol episode, right? Okay. Where they're introduced, like it's like, uh, yeah, okay. Now, do you think it's because you're grading Titans against itself, and you're grading Doom Patrol against a bunch of other shit? Um, I will say Doom Patrol is the best superhero show I've ever seen. Like okay. better than Arrow, Flash, like live action. 
It, it doesn't, yeah. it, it uh, doesn't was, eclipse the animated stuff. I was about to throw this in there too. That's not saying a whole lot right now. No. Yeah. But it, it is, it, it is the best I've seen and it's, it revels in its weirdness. Like it doesn't take itself too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it knows fully well that it is an absolutely ridiculous and obscure, obscure property. Yeah. So it can do what it wants. And it's got an amazing cast that are just all like, yes. Yeah. Every time somebody reads that cast list off, it's like, I've still, I still can't believe what I'm looking at right here. Yep. Maybe Brendan Frazier, but like everybody else, <laughs> Tim Dalton gets regular work nowadays. Yeah. Like overseas. Yeah. So does, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, wash. Um, Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Alan Tudyk has more work than anybody. Yeah. Shit. He's in the tick. Yeah. <laughs> he's danger boat. He's fucking danger boat. Um, but he's, so. mis- he's Mr. Nobody. Like that, that whole show is wonderful. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so fucking mm-hmm. weird. Uh, I can't, I can't wait for swamp thing. And this is coming from someone who's not a swamp thing fan at all. Well, you weren't like Alan Moore swamp thing. Cause you don't like Alan Moore. Yeah. Alan Moore can go fuck himself. Yeah. But um, what was the show? Did you ever see the show that was being produced at Universal Studios back in the early 90s? The Swamp Thing that used to air on USA? Yeah. Yes, I did. Okay. I see, I've never seen that. It's bad. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's bad. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, and but, I am speaking as somebody whose mother had her house uh, financially taken care of because of that show. <laughs> because of Swamp Thing, and I'm betting Fortune Hunter and uh, Sequest DSV. I was I almost said Sea Live 2021. <laughs> Thunder in Paradise? Is your mom working no, on not, Thunder in Paradise? Thunder in Paradise. Oh. oh wow, that's that's surprising. You know, I really I gotta have my mom on one day and just go over her resume you with her. Do we keep saying this too? Um, give right. her the bag of brandy. Yeah, give her the bag of brandy and just let her spin tales. That's all we need. <laughs> It'll be like a, it'll be like um, a thematically inverse uh, counterpoint to the Mark McEwen episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, sorry. Uh, but the Swamp Thing that the DC Universe is getting is supposed to be like an anthology, isn't it? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Um, oh, that's, okay. I've that's only seen the trailer, and that looks like such a horror story. I'm loving it. Yeah, it, it looks it looks like uh, like proper scary. Yeah, well, because here's what I'm thinking. How cool would it have been to do just like um, uh, have a have a have a series called the Books of Magic? I know that's a very specific thing, but it was also a series. Uh, it was also a comic book. It was also a story that involved a lot of DC's occult characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could just like you could like broaden it so that it includes like proper DCU, you know, Zatanna and uh, Detective Chip. Uh, Clarion, Detective Chimp, yeah, who I totally spotted in Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Um, but yeah, it could be like an anthology with like two episodes for Zatanna, two episodes for Constantine, played by none other than, you know, everybody's favorite Constantine. Um, you could have uh, Clarion the Witch Boy doing some shit, the Dead Boy Detectives the next week after that. You have a constantly rotating cast of supernatural uh, of supernatural themed stories. The Dark Universe. You, okay, Dark so... Universe. So here, here's this here. Let, let's spitball this one. Um, okay. You have it, make it like uh, kind of like DC twilight zone, have it hosted by the fucking phantom stranger. Yes. And he, he introduces every episode and uh-huh. it's just, and go. And know? the phantom stranger is played by Clooney. Gilbert Godfrey. Mm. 
We went in different directions there, but I like yours more. Podcasting <laughs> <laughs> decisions are bad, capital B, but they also have capital M Moxie. <laughs> and George Clooney's a really good pick for the Phantom Stranger too, because you could totally go meta with that as well. Yep. Like a certain bat-winged fellow who shall not be participating in the story <laughs> that is about to It's just like, are you afraid of the dark, but with, yeah, like Bob said, the dark universe of DC. Exactly. Totally, Jake. And I wouldn't mind dulling the edge on it a bit because you've already got cussing ass Robin and you've got the cussing ass Doom Patrol. This is basically like the live action stuff on DC Universe is basically just Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Have it be, have it be, you can have it be dark and spooky and scary and shit. I want to get as many eyeballs on that story as possible. You could totally pass off the edge in a series like that without being, you know, hard R. Yep. This is I me agree. talking. Usually I'm like all about the edgy shit. Sometimes unnecessarily so, but I think that this would be totally cool if you did it like a if you did like a, a clean and gloomy sort of um, scary stories to tell in the dark kind of a deal. And uh, shit, man, I look forward to that. Uh, have, have you seen? So we're just going to keep on completely deviating from the the subject at hand. Oh, this here. is good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, have, right. have you seen the trailer for season two of Krypton yet? Nine. I know Lobo's yeah. there. So it features Lobo, and it was the guy who played uh, Jim Corrigan in uh, Constantine. That's right. Sphincter, yeah. So, surprise, surprise, that gentleman is very Irish. Yeah, right, yeah. Had, uh, had no idea, hmm. no clue whatsoever, until Lobo talked, and Lobo sounds like an Irish thug, and it's awesome. Are you shitting me? Nope. Uh, 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 <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. It, okay, all right. I'm. I like the idea. I like the approach. Here's the thing: suddenly <laughs> you're dealing with an all planets have a north kind of scenario. <laughs> well, sure. Where the fuck on Zarnia is other Ireland? <laughs> well, see, here's 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 my thing. I think uh, I think that is just Ireland. I think Zarnia is Ireland. <laughs> so they're all Irish. Yeah. And then, like, maybe an interstellar offshoot from Zarnia landed in the Gaelic Isles of yeah. uh, of, uh, of Earth uh, 213 or whatever it's called in the DC Universe, not 617. Yeah. And then those Irish, eschewing the physical telltale markings of uh, your average Zarnian, you know, the, the not Gene Simmons stuff, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> they became pale and red-haired, which... Mm-hmm. As a uh, which is a huge deviation or, genetically speaking. Or not that far from the pale, though. We're not far from the pale. All right, <laughs> the dark markings and who the fuck knows where the red hair came from. Also, the freckles don't want to touch it. Um, <laughs> hey, just just a reminder: I'm Irish. I don't have red hair. Yeah, but aren't you black Irish? Hey, that's racist. Okay, no, not like a black <laughs> Irish. <laughs> <laughs> And they also play golf. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, after um after we had um um uh, after we had um uh, uh, Gumby on uh, the last show, uh, I pitched this. Uh, I threw this uh, link to him uh, because we were talking about like uh, Hotline Miami and uh, Katana Zero, and um, it was uh, God's Trigger. Did you see the uh, trailer for this? No, I just like that you called it Hotline Miami. <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was that was that was my inner Lobo coming out. <laughs> Hotline Miami. Um, oh, you my do God. Better than I do. Magnificent. Uh, 
yeah, the last, uh, the last after we had Adam on, and um, uh, I showed him this game called uh, God's Trigger, which was basically a uh, hotline, uh, hotline Miami, uh, but it's co-op. And one of the first things you see in the trailer is a pestilence whose human form is a black cowboy. <laughs> so yeah, that nice. was a, that was the first thing he saw, and I had to like break the news to him. Sadly, afterwards, I don't think you can play as the four horsemen. That's <laughs> Hey, let's hop back to puppets. Yeah, quick. sorry. <laughs> puppets and shit, yo. Uh, so yeah, so the, the, the Kermit on the uh, the Kermit on the bike was the one that blew my mind. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. but my my favorite Muppet uh, is uh, Dr. Teeth. Dr. Teeth. Oh, Dr. like in, in terms of design? Yeah, like I just love Dr. Teeth. And I, I like all the ones that have the human hands. Uh-huh. Like Dr. Teeth, the Swedish chef, stuff like that, where they're going to be actively using tools. Ralph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ralph, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, that that always confused me as a kid because it's like it just didn't clue into my head because I was mm-hmm. a, a child and I was an idiot. Yeah, yeah. That they were <laughs> using. Why does have stick hands, but Fozzie's got like these big mitts? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, how is the Swedish chef picking up that thing and chopping the lobster? And ha- oh, it's because that's a hand. Wasn't the wasn't the Swedish chef? Wasn't the whole idea behind having an artless chef? Uh, to have like three different puppeteers working the same puppet mm-hmm. because normally it was somebody does the head and then somebody does both arms so they can work in tandem. Yeah. But this was just like, this was just like absolute chaos because yeah. they wanted, to, it was like that one weird team building exercise that some corporate uh, outings do for people were like, somebody does like uh somebody wraps one hand around a person, a coworker and another person wraps their hand around a coworker and then, they have to act like a cohesive unit at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the Swedish chef, the whole it's, skit. Yeah. It's, it's helping hands from whose line. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it. That is such a better, uh, better comparison. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so like any, any of the, the, the Muppets that had the hands in Sweetums was amazing. Yeah. 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 Sweetums was full body and which was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. No, no, you brought up like Snuffleupagus a little bit ago too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Snuffy, Snuffy was pretty cool because that's I think that's just a, a giant sized version of uh, that's two man, two man as a two man as a horse. That's a two man horse, yeah. But the trunk, yeah, the trunk is crazy. How'd they do the trunk? Wasn't it just on a string, like, and it moved with the foot? Oh, it was oh my god! Now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Is that it? Okay, now I got to see this shit. I think it was uh, like articulated uh, hoses running down the trunk and. With a with a handle inside, the guy was able to squeeze it to make it go up and do all kinds of stuff. But it had like a, a string as an assist. Now, is it me or did the the Muppets on Sesame Street always look like they're more technically sound than the regular Muppets? Well, they're supposed to. They're supposed to be put together, you know, because they're they're the ones that are, you know, they're kind of guiding children and teaching so, children. Like uh, because Sesame Street was a single camera production, so they had to make them more uh, oriented to uh, to traditional stagecraft than something on the Muppet show, which was taped. And and the Muppet show at first was okay. meant to be chaos. Yeah. You, know, yeah, like, yeah. you gotta remember like the, the initial, the original ideas for the Muppet show was like developed by like a high as hell Jim Henson in the sixties. <laughs> Wilkins <laughs> coffee, Jim Henson. Yeah. I love that. I love that super cut of all the cannons firing into, the Muppet, <laughs> into all the puppets. Yep. That shit was great. Um, I'm sorry. When I meant to say single camera production, I meant like a multi-camera production with a single director. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like a sitcom, but yeah. the Muppet show was way different. Yes. The Muppet show was sketch comedy. It was. Yeah, man there. I'm not finding any, uh, illumination onto, uh, how snuffy was, uh, pulled off. 
that's not really something they like. They they prefer that yeah. stuff get out. Yeah, yeah, but they they sure did release how Big Bird works, which is okay. Insane. That I want to know about, like right now. One hand's up in the beak, and the other hand's working a hand. The other one's always tied to the body. Yep. <gasps> what? I, I destroyed no. his childhood, didn't I? Oh my god! Hold on a second. Are you shitting me? That motherfucker has a Bob Dole arm. Yep. Oh god. Now I feel like a double schmuck. Don't be. <laughs> oh my god, these yeah, these guys are these guys are good. Or I'm just, you know, I'm sure you're not the first person to, to hear that for the first time. Son of a bitch! The second hand is attached to a string, and moves as the antithesis to the other arm. So That's as one goes arm, one goes down, one goes up. Oh my gosh. So no, this doesn't shatter the illusion for me whatsoever. I just, I just know now, and I feel like I can get on with the rest of my life. It's, it's more magical. That's, like, that's really impressive. Yeah. All right, but since we're talking about Bidberg, I'm not putting him, uh, putting him uh, as one of my two. Okay. Yes. See how we get away with that <laughs> with sly maneuvers. That's really impressive. All right. Um. So those were your two. It was uh Doctor Teeth. Yeah, Doctor Teeth uh, as my favorite, uh-huh. and. Uh, uh, Kermit on a bike as the thing that blew my mind. As your favorites, as your as as your as your effect. Yeah. In other words, okay. Uh, for effect, purely uh, the doozers from Fraggle Rock. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that Great shit was call. nuts. And that, as far as like micro puppeting goes, I still I still have no idea how they how how they how they could have managed to pull any of that off. But if it was one, I can make some guesses. But the thing is, is that they had to have multiple operators per scene because there was usually like four or five doozers in any one shot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's my pick for, um, uh, for how do you do that? That shit. And for those of you who don't watch sports television, that's okay. If you don't get that. <laughs> Did you know um, that, uh, Mr. Snuffleupagus, Mr. Snuffleupagus's first name is Aloysius. I somehow feel like that. I did know that. Yeah, me too. I just okay. didn't remember. It yeah. takes two people to perform Mr. Snuffleupagus. Mm-hmm. The person who performs the front also performs the voice. Um, oh. So do they swap voices every once in a while? Has anybody ever noticed that? I don't know, but that's that's all we get on the how Snuffy works. Hmm. Well, damn it, Snuff. You were way simpler than uh, than we thought you'd be. All right, how about you, Bob? Um, it, You know, as far as my favorite... Muppet, that one's really hard because there's a lot of just about any one of them that can that has such a, a character and a personality to it that you forget that this is a collection of felt and with <laughs> eyes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and there's so many. I mean, uh Fozzie is up there, uh Gonzo's up there, Kermit obviously is up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't have a favorite character. I just I I enjoy watching all of them, but as far as a technical aspect, one that uh, hasn't actually been on TV, but is in the Disney parks is the Dr. Uh, Benson Honeydew and Beaker <laughs> show that they do at Epcot. <laughs> yeah. and if you haven't seen this thing, it's literally the two Muppets, uh-huh. puppets, whatever, on this two-wheeled contraption that is just free-roaming, going back and forth. There's somebody with a controller somewhere nearby. Whoa, and they're, really? they're putting on a whole show with like effects and pyrotechnics and everything right there uh right right behind spaceship earth it's really funny and uh it's it's a technical marvel how they pull all this off together 
and it's, a, it's like a remote control Segway, right? Yeah. And it has like a gyroscope in it, so it, ne it knows never to go too far back or forward and everything. Yeah, look up uh, Muppet Mobile Labs. Core. Actually, Bob has a video of it. Yeah, uh, it's a couple uh, years old, but yeah. On I, our I, YouTube page. Yeah, plug, <laughs> subscribe, and give a thumbs up. Please. Practical effects. And nobody's mentioned any like horror movie stuff yet. I think we did talk about uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which which technically counts. Yeah, we talked about that. We talked about the Deadites. Um, uh, Alien. I, oh, but, God. The alien. Gee, yeah. Uh, now, we can gloss over this if you want to. I'm throwing Alien out there for everybody else's uh, uh, consideration, but I wanted to talk the fuck out of the thing. The thing, and, Jesus, that's yeah, what it. The thing, and what? Um, I oh my god, I can't remember his name. Um, it's not, it's not Mick, it's not Baker, it's not Rick Baker. Um, are you sure? Bobbins, Bobbit. Thought it was Baker. No, he took he took over after this guy had to be hospitalized for exhaustion. But I really wish I could remember what the hell his name was. Um, the thing, Rob Botton. That was him. B O T T I N. He worked with uh, John Carpenter on a lot of his other stuff too, hmm. um, uh, including uh, uh, the fog and such. Um, but uh, Rob Botton uh, was apparently living on uh, Coca Cola and Snickers bars because he was spending so much time working one personing, or not one personing, but like personally overseeing all the creatures that were involved in the movie. And I wanted to throw out a mention of him because uh, A, dedication, and B, how much technology did the thing by itself introduce into into like the panoply of what the hell of what the fuck we're talking about right now? I don't know why I corrected myself saying hell and into something a little bit arguably worse. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Oh, that's strong language. What the fuck? That's right. But yeah, um, so so much uh, uh, so much of the um, of. Uh, of the craft work from uh, special effects makeup came from the thing because a lot of what they were doing at that time was, was like sea of their pants improvisation. And you can think of like, whenever you, whenever people think about, think of it, like, I think of like top shelf makeup effects, uh, stage oriented special effects, they think of the thing, but they don't, they don't realize how much of that was like, we didn't know how to do this yesterday. Let's put it on a daily and see if it works. <laughs> and it all worked. All right, so I, ha I have some Mr. Snuffleupagus information here. Drop it on us. Okay, so first off, the Snuffy Puppet was once used as Senor Snuffleupago, Snuffy's <laughs> cousin from Mexico. Okay. Uh, he was given a 50-pound sombrero, uh -huh. which broke <laughs> the framework inside the puppet. And probably at least one of the actors. <laughs> uh, it did. It collapsed on the performers, but did not hurt anybody. Oh, that's, that's good. Uh, Snuffy is too large to store anywhere other than being hung from the ceiling. Okay. Uh, the snuffy puppet and his facial movements are operated entirely from within the puppet. Uh, there's a stick that moves the eyes around, a long string to pull down the eyelids, and a handle to pull down the lower part of the mouth. See, uh, I, I knew about the eyelids because you can see the string set against yeah. the black pupils. Yeah. Um, but doesn't say anything about the nose. Uh, however, they uh, do have to open the mouth and fan off the performers in between takes. <laughs> How... Uh how much reality are the child performers on that show introduced to on a daily basis? I hope none. Like, yeah. I hope that magic is maintained. Like uh, it's gotta be a difficult thing to do. It does. Yeah. But like when the whole point of the show is, you know, taking care of kids mm -hmm. and helping kids and helping kids learn, like I don't, you, you don't break that illusion. Yeah. Nurturing their learning processes through, through, uh, through, uh, you know, fantastic scenarios and shit. 
people who arguably don't really exist. <laughs> I, I don't know if they yeah. do this anymore, but I know like early, <laughs> early Sesame street days, they would actually have a sit down with the kid for about an hour and just have a conversation through the puppet. And, and by the time the camera started rolling, they realized that kind of like broke the mentality. So the kid knew to look at the Muppet instead. That's, that's smart. That's really good. They, they would have a puppet interview. Why can't real job interviews be like that? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm reviewing your uh, CV here, and I see you have 17 years of experience uh, in the financial industry. So tell me about the last time uh, <laughs> you were forced to change horse midstream and how that impacted your team. Unless <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Miss Piggy, because, uh, because I can imagine that would be a ball busting experience. <laughs> Eyes up here, pal. <laughs> Would you uh, could you explain this two year break between when uh, you were working at the Papa John's mm, and uh, <laughs> and for Kaiser Permanente? <laughs> Did you ever put peep that uh, pork on your pizza? <laughs> oh, I should probably say no, but she looks like she can pack away a meal. Fuck, <laughs> catch twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> Bob said something a couple of minutes ago about the strength of this just became the Henson conversation more or less after uh, the course of an hour, um, how the strength of his creations came through in illustrating their personas and characters, no matter what went into the design and the construction of the puppet. I actually had a conversation that was like this this morning because cookie monster uh, was on the today show. I don't know why. I don't know what the context was. I just, Saw the cookie monster or the cookie monster. Is it uh, or is it is that a proper name? I don't know. It it is just cookie monster. It's just cookie monster. First name is cookie, last name is monster. Yes. All right. So it's like capital C, capital M. Got it. Um, he was just shoving a cookie into some kid's mouth, and I was just like, that's kind of aggressive, cookie monster. But uh, they have to understand (laughs) that when they asked you to come on, uh, come on board, that uh, this is precisely what they were asking for. But I was like, I was looking at the design of Cookie Monster and I was like, that is really, that is really damn simple. He is like one of the Menomina guys, which, you know, had to have been like constructed from surplus materials that they had hanging out in the workshop. Right. Or mm-hmm. the creature shop. Um, but he's basically that plus a couple of ping pong balls and uh, and the little eye circles hung from like fishing wire. Uh, out through a couple of holes or whatever. It's not a very complex puppet at all, but the entirety of Cookie Monster, he's one of the most memorable uh, personas from Sesame Street, was brought forth through performance and and uh, character definition. There's nothing to him. He's blue and has ping pong eyes, and it's the same old real hands and mouth combination that we were just talking about. And yet, people shit themselves when he became Veggie Monster for one show. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's how you know that this is how well-defined and how endearing that these characters could be or became. So his, his prototype uh-huh. was a character called the wheel stealer. It was a fuzzy monster with wonky eyes and sharp pointy teeth that used to eat hubcaps. Cookies are a bit more edible than hubcaps. All right. I can yep. understand his change of heart after a while. Yeah. He was, uh, he was used in an IBM training film called the coffee break machine. <laughs> really? Where the monster devoured a complex machine as the machine described its purpose in construction. <laughs> That is some high concept shit. <laughs> Damn. Absolutely amazing. That's okay. That is true. I, was, I didn't want to talk out my ass here. Uh-huh. Like my, my favorite thing about the cookie monster puppet mm-hmm. is that the back of his mouth has a hole in it. 
So you can dodge t- cookies down there. Yeah, it's exactly. So uh-huh. it's, it's the illusion isn't broken. You know, okay. It looks like he actually eats them. Here's a true story. When I was, see, this is how I noticed this way back when we had watched Sesame Street and then we watched The Price is Right later. Do you remember the uh, three strikes game? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The uh, contestants would reach into the bag and pull out like a number or a strike, right? Yeah. The bag reminded me of Cookie Monster. That's how I knew that the cookies were, uh, that's how I knew that there was like a false back or a false uh, pocket for the cookies to fall into because his brother was working with Bob Barker across town. (laughs) Just eating Plinko chips. Yeah. I know it's someday I'm going to like derail this podcast into like a complete, into like a, a totally the price is rice centric sort of a conversation. And you Uh, guys are not going to be able to take it back from me. That should be our, that should be next year's tournament. That should be next year's tournament. Like a, a sweet oh. sixteen, a sweet sixteen of of uh, of pricing prices games. right games. Yeah, we can make this easy too because those pricing games is we always think of them as impermanent. But that show, if you read enough, if you read as much about the prices right as I do, has a severely high turnover for uh, pricing games. Sometimes they bring them out of retirement, like a Lego set, but it's not often. Sometimes they modify them, like hole in one or two. Hole in one or two. Hole in one or two, I think, is still a thing. Um, yeah, it is. But it I, was just hole in one for a long time. For mm-hmm. a long time, I was I was very dismayed to discover that um, uh, that Penny Ante is no longer uh, in regular Prices Right rotation. That was one of my other favorite games, and uh, the Super Bowl hasn't been a thing for fifteen years. Really? Yeah, ain't that a B? Yeah, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl was ski ball, but you got paid if you were good at it. Yep. Yep. Um, you got two balls that were granted to you. You got two balls. Nah. Hey. <laughs> All right. You got two balls to shoot up the ramp uh, with a regular guessing of the products. And you got uh, the chance to uh, procure a golden Super Bowl with the Price is Right dollar logo on it. If uh, you got like, I think, all three in a row or something like that mm-hmm. or something like that. I, I, the details on the pricing end of it kind of elude me at the moment. But the Super Bowl is what got you like all the prizes. The other two balls are just like for A, the car or B, uh, the vacation. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But it was ski ball in game show form. So I was like, <laughs> fucking A, this is my joint. Um, yeah. Uh, very excited about ski ball. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't? Uh, so, uh, before we get going for the night, guys, are there any other, uh, Muppets in particular that, uh, speak to you in some kind of way? Like, uh, the Froud designs from Labyrinth. Fantastic. Choice. I love Froud designs. I love the Froud books that he did with Terry Jones. I, I, I'm embarrassed that I can't remember the names of some of the puppets from the Labyrinth. I remember, uh, f- phys- Physic? Physic. Thank you. Apparently I don't even remember that. No, that's from... That's not. Physical. That's from the Princess Bride. Yeah, Fez, Fez, Fezzik is under Fezzik the giant. <laughs> I want to say Fizzgig or something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, there was. Oh my God. Gelf- yeah. Gelfling. Uh, the Gelflings were from the Dark Crystal. Oh yeah. Which was also a really. Which, important yeah, there's another one. Yeah. Yes. The Skizzics. Uh, this. Uh, the Skizz. The Skexes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the of course the big puppets from Return to Oz. I only mentioned Jack Skellington, but tick but TikTok. Um, Scarecrow was a bit weak sauce, come to think of it, because he was just a dude in a suit and his face didn't even fucking move. So whatever, Scarecrow, fuck off with you. TikTok but, looked like he could have been a nightmare to operate. Very much so, yeah. But it had to TikTok's be TikTok's incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, TikTok not only took somebody who was proportioned for that uh for that outfit, for that build, 
is what I want to say it is. But somebody had to operate, like you were talking about with the uh, goblin guys, the ligatures of the face and whatnot. Plus, there was like a couple of special effects movements built into that uh, entire rig that whew, I, don't, I don't even want to. Um, but yeah, throwing, uh, throwing some uh, love towards Labyrinth. Uh, so for me, it's it's the entirety of the electric mayhem. Like, like the fact I, that those bitches could play music. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I just I love the electric mayhem. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I want to give a a special nod to uh, the dancing chest burster from the end of Spaceballs, <laughs> which is just uh, amazing. Damn it! See, that was the answer that I was wanting to come up with, and that's a real good answer. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Yeah. How about you, Bob? You know, we were mentioning the thing earlier, and I was thinking Rick Baker, but another thing Rick Baker did work Rickenbacher. on, Rickenbacker, yeah. was um, uh, American Werewolf in Paris, or in oh, London. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, very much yeah, so. That was a very believable puppet. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so much had to be done with that, too. And then you could extend that to his work on Fright Night. On uh, He did The Fly, too, didn't he? I think so. And the Men in Black in one movie almost eclipsed the entirety of like the Jedi's uh, of a uh, uh, Jedi's um, zoology or menagerie. That would have been a more accurate term, I guess. Um, but yeah, because you had you had the uh, the little the little puppets, uh, the little aliens inside the head. Uh huh. You had the worms. Uh-huh. You had everyone at MIB headquarters just yeah, waiting in line at customs. Everybody, everybody at check-in too. That was yeah. a lot of. I although I guarantee a lot of that shit was kind of cribbed out of the back of uh, Rick Baker's sketchbook from Star Wars. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah, very much so. So the, just by sheer volume, that one kind of takes the cake. And I want to mention this because nobody else has so far, and it's kind of funny because uh, so a topic from this week has at least been parenthetically related to Guillermo del Toro, mm. but. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. 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 Like I, I hated Crimson Peak, not because of creature designs, like the production design on that movie was fucking stellar. It was just a shitty movie. Uh, <laughs> and if I had to pick anything out to appreciate about it, it would be that, but that's the same for a lot of his movies. Devil's Backbone, same idea. Pan's Labyrinth, fucking Hellboy. Oh, and Mimic. Might as well just toss that out there too. Hey everyone, this is Tove, host of Gravity Beard podcast featuring interviews and discussions on a wide range of topics. In each episode, I'll either interview a special guest or we'll convene our typical Algonquin roundtable of brilliant minds. Occasionally, we'll even be joined by the host of one of your other favorite podcasts. Then every other week, my buddy Adam stops by for an installment of This Week Today. Whatever we do each week, we promise you'll be entertained. You can find Gravity Beard on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else quality podcasts are sold. And you can always find us and other indie pods in the Underdog Podcast community on Facebook. We're also a member of the Podfix Network. Come check us out. Gravity Beard. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. All right, guys. That is going to wrap it up uh, for episode 59. The Still? puppet episode. No, the puppet episode of, of the yes. Nerd Not Podcast. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, we're going to take next week off because I am out of town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll be back in two weeks talking video games. Uh, yeah. Superheroes and mobile games. That might split into two. Who knows? That might be 1661, but we'll find out when we get there. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Be sure to subscribe, like, all that fun stuff. Uh, Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. All of that fun stuff. Uh, Follow me on Plurk. Be sure to watch uh, uh, Midnight Mirth on Twitch. Yeah. uh, And enjoy the Lego builds because they are relaxing and a great way to end your day. Starting Um, a new mega build this weekend, as a matter of fact. Ooh, what are we starting? That's a surprise. 
I mean, if you're following me on Twitter, that's not much of a surprise because we had a poll, (laughs) but it's a, it's a surprise for the uninitiated. How about that? So so, so what you're saying is the one I voted for didn't get picked. Did you vote for that one? I I voted for the vault. I'm not saying anything. I don't know. Okay. That was, uh, that was unexpected. Great. I I look forward to be surprised on Saturday in that case. Yes. Um, Um, Bob, you got anything coming up? Any secret, uh, uh, any guest appearances on any shows? I was a guest on the Throwdown Thursday podcast uh, with Patsy the Angry Nerd. We were talking Avengers. I'm going to throw this out there really quick since talking about puppets, talking about horror movies. If you got uh, access to Shudder or even just anything else that has really obscure horror movies at hand, uh, catch a movie called Magic. It is a really early Anthony Hopkins role. He plays a deranged ventriloquist uh, performer, and it's based on a, a book with a script by William Goldman, of uh, Princess Bride fame. Watch that shit. It's unnerving as hell. Okay. Yes. Um, and I will toss out there to check Kickstarter for uh, the Lost Skeleton Strikes Again Blu-ray uh, Kickstarter yes. launched today. Speaking uh, of underappreciated puppets. Yeah, The Lost Skeleton is amazing. Bob, have yeah. you seen that movie? I No, I have not. Okay, it's on our voodoo. Fucking okay. watch it. It's yeah. so good. And so it's, Okay, let me back that up. It's not good. It's terrible. Oh, okay. Um, but it's so good. <laughs> okay. It's not good. And it's not terrible because if it was terrible. We wouldn't like to watch it. Here's sure. here's what we're here's the news phrase I'm going to coin for this or the new term. It's delicious is yeah. what it fucking is. Yes. Yeah, it is absolutely just nosh down on that shit and savor the flavor. All right. Uh, so uh, as as we always say, guys, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If this gets made into a video, I don't remember. Uh, thank you for being part of the guild. Welcome to the guild. I sleep now. This podcast is part of the Somebodies Network. You're never alone when you've got some buddies.